Welcome to Sexual Craftsmanship, the podcast that teaches you how to develop sexual confidence and become a better lover using a system of practice suited for dating and sex in today's world. No experience necessary. And now, here's your host, certified sex coach, sociologist, and mega nerd, Sarah Martin. Hello, craftsmen. How are you doing today? It's been, I mean, it's been, it's been like a week that's lasted a year in a sense. Uh, I'm struggling to keep up with how much is happening in the world and how in amidst all of the tumult and drama, there's also these glimmers of hope and light coming through. So what a time to be alive as we've headed back into our second lockdown here where I am. And if that's happening where you are too, sending you lots of solidarity and fortitude for the challenging winter ahead of us. And apart from, apart from all of that, right, life in general with me is pretty good. There's been an awful lot happening here on my side. I've been creating and I'm getting very excited for the masterclass that I'm running that's going to be on November 17th, 2020 at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. So 1 p.m. New York Time, which would be 7 p.m. in Germany, 6 p.m. in London. So a time where a number of folks are available, hopefully. And this is my masterclass called The Secrets of Quiet Seduction, A Proven Sex and Relationship Strategy for Introverts. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you're curious to dive a bit deeper and have a glance beneath the hood of how I work, how I operate, and how that can apply in really practical terms to your life, you don't want to miss it. So I will include the link to sign up in the show notes. You can also find it by going to sexualcraftsmanship.com forward slash quiet dash seduction. So with all of that said, I would love to dive into today's topic because I think if you take nothing else away from this podcast, if you can really wrap your mind around what we're going to be talking about today, I firmly believe you will have unlocked the secret to amazing sex and relationships. And it's, I mean, it's rare for there to be a single secret to something, right? But in this case, I actually think it's true. And I'm not going to be sharing with you anything that comes from the Kama Sutra or an amazing product that you need to buy or any sort of pharmaceutical, right? What I'm here to talk with you about today is completely free. And and throwing you a little bit of a curveball here, actually, this secret comes out of the philosophy of a dude named Immanuel Kant. And <laughs> before I go any further, right? Yes, Kant was a bit problematic in some respects, and he was very much an eccentric. Like, I don't think that he himself is a secret or any sort of model for how to be an amazing lover. But instead, what Kant gives us 
really succinctly in some of his moral philosophy is what I believe to be the essence of dignity in a really easy to understand way. And if you wrap your mind around this, it is the single most powerful thing you can learn for your sex and relationship life. So before revealing the secret, right? Let me just give you a quick laundry list of what this concept can help you to address in your own life. So it's effective when it comes to overthinking. So if you've got a tendency to become overly analytical when it comes to sex and relationships, this can help. Similarly, this can be an antidote to things like performance anxiety or feeling like you don't measure up for other people to other people. So that could be all those ways that you might believe that you're too too fill in the blank for somebody, too loud, too shy, too eccentric, too sciency, too analytical, right? Whatever that is. Or conversely, where you're not X enough for someone, not tall enough, not confident enough, not smooth enough, right? This concept can help you to turn this around too. It's also really useful when it comes to approach anxiety or if you find that you wind up tongue-tied on dates. And it also very much applies to any concerns that you have about coming across as creepy or any concerns you have about a lack of sexual experience. Finally, I see this concept, this secret, is very powerful if you have uh, a challenge around worrying about being desired by your partner. So if that is a central concern for you, or if you're really worrying about how to be a good lover, if you worry if you'll be able to please your partner. So, I mean, that's a lot, right? (laughs) And at this point, I imagine you're thinking to yourself, so what is this secret and how can I use it in my sex and relationship life? So without any further ado, the secret is this. The only moral way to treat people, including yourself, is as an end rather than as a means to another end. And I would even expand on this to say that the way to reduce anxiety and overthinking about sex and relationships is to treat sex and relationships as ends in themselves rather than means to another end. So what does this mean? Well, first, if I'm getting all fancy and academic, I call this the difference between having an experiential interest in sex as opposed to an instrumental interest. And interest here in this case means more or less your motivation to get involved with sex and relationships in the first place. Why do you want to engage? And most people have learned through messages from society, from their parents, from their peers. Uh, Most people have learned how to have an instrumental interest in life in general. And you can identify instrumental interest because it asks the question, what will I get out of this? Or how can I use this person or this thing or this experience to my advantage? And the thing about instrumental interest as a motivation for engaging in life is that it is actually pretty effective to an extent, or we wouldn't be doing things this way, right? Instrumental interest often gets things done. 
but it can leave behind a feeling that's hard to explain. It's that feeling like something is missing. So if you've ever wondered to yourself, is this really what all the hype was about? Or is this really all there is to X to fill in the blank? Is this really all there is to a relationship? Is this really all there is to going on a date? Is this really all there is to a career? Is this really all there is to graduating from university? More often than not, when questions like this come up, it's down to having an instrumental approach to whatever is prompting you to ask these questions. An experiential approach is is less common, though it's really at the heart of things like meditation and mindfulness, if you've heard about these before. And that's because experiential interest, which is really just treating life as an end in itself, is all about present in the moment, in this moment here and now. And how can you identify an experiential approach? Well, an experiential approach asks questions like, what will I discover? What will I learn? Or I wonder what it feels like to do X. I wonder what it feels like to kiss someone. I wonder what it feels like to go skinny dipping. I wonder what it feels like to have someone sit on my face, right? It's, it's that spark of curiosity that's at the heart of it. And it's this experiential approach that yields the satisfaction most people are missing out on when they feel like something is missing. The downside to the experiential approach, though, is it requires patience. And also, it's way less of a roller coaster. And what do I mean by that? Well, if all you know of interaction with the world or with others or particularly within relationships is an emotional roller coaster with these really high highs and really low lows. When you start taking an experiential approach, it can feel all kinds of wrong because it's so level and even keeled. It's it's the difference between having a crush on someone and getting really excited and amped up for seeing them and then feeling the low of maybe they rejected you or maybe you were too afraid to speak to them and that vacillation between the highs of expectation and the lows of not meeting whatever goal it is you wanted to meet versus the much more even keel of, I notice I have a crush on this person. I wonder what might happen if I go speak to them. I wonder what might happen if I ask them out. There's a curiosity there. There's an interest there, right? But it doesn't swing wildly from from highs to lows. So I'd like you to pause for a moment and think about, well, which approach are you currently using? And if you're still a little bit stuck after my introduction, Here's a really easy way to figure it out. I would like you to take a moment and answer this question to yourself. Why do you want a girlfriend? Or if you're already in a relationship, why do you want the relationship you're currently in? So take a moment and think about it. And if your first response is a duh, Sarah, no, really, like 
take a moment and think about why. You can tell that you're coming to these desires with an instrumental approach if you've had thoughts like this. Because I don't want to be alone. Because I'm sick of people making fun of me for being single. Because I want companionship and for someone to be there for me. Because my parents pressured me or are pressuring me to be in a relationship. Because I want to have children because I finally want to lose my virginity. So if any of those came up for you, that's an indicator of an instrumental approach. And you can tell if you're coming to, to these desires with an experiential approach if you had thoughts like this. Because I'm curious. Because of pleasure. Because I want to know what it feels like. Because I want to explore. So did any of these come up for you? If they did, they're indicators of an experiential approach. Now, here's the thing. Most people will have a mix of instrumental and experiential motivators. And I mean, let's face it, right? Some of these instrumental motivators make a lot of sense. But here's the crux, right? At the same time, anytime you pursue anything with an instrumental motivation, you will create pressure on yourself and on others to perform. And I'm going to repeat that one more time for the folks in the back. Anytime you pursue anything with an instrumental motivation, you will create pressure on yourself and on others to perform. And why is that, right? Because the experience stops being about the experience and starts to be about, I mean, at least in part, reaching a goal other than presence. So let's take having children, for example. If that's a primary motivator for you to be in a relationship, well, what happens if it takes longer than you expected for your partner to get pregnant? Or what if you discover that you or your partner are infertile? Or taking another example, right? Let's say you don't want people to make fun of you for being single. Well, what happens if you are in a relationship and it's not working out, or you discover you don't really like that person, might there be a pressure there to remain in that relationship for longer than you want? So in ways that are more or less obvious, there's that additional pressure on you and on those relationships to produce something apart from the relationship, apart from the experience of relating with your partner. But right, let's loop back around to this example about children. Let's say you really do want to have children, and that's something that's important to you in your life. Well, how could you approach this with an experiential motivation? You kind of have to want for it to happen and to find someone who also wants kids too, right? So the secret here to bring in more of an experiential approach is to dig a little bit deeper. So why do you want to have kids? And then have a look for those experiential motivators. In the case of having children, those could sound like, I want to have kids to share love. I want to discover what it's like to help someone grow up. I want to learn about what it's like to have kids. I want to enjoy being present with my children. And once you've honed in on what your experiential motivators are, then you use those in your discussions with potential partners. So you could invite them to share about 
about their why too, as well, you know, as just this baseline desire to have kids. So once you've grasped the basics of experiential versus instrumental interest or approach or this means versus ends, you'll notice that there is so much it applies to throughout life, through your relationships at work, with your family, with your productivity, with your career, with your side projects. And it has that same effect of relieving pressure and worry the more you can lean in to the experiential motivators, into your experiential interest in whatever it is you're doing. And what that comes down to is that you have the choice to approach most things as either a means or an end. So that includes things like consent and sex and dating and relationships and marriage and kink and on and on and on. Is it something that you're doing in order to get to something else? Or is it something that you're doing for the sake of the thing itself? By shifting your focus towards an experiential approach and away from an instrumental one, you kind of set yourself free from needing to reach any specific outcome. And that allows you to become outcome independent in your actions. Experiential interest also clears the path for more fun and pleasure and connection and joy and discovery. And overall, it makes for a far richer sex life. So, speaking of experience... If you would like to experience more of this podcast, (laughs) do come join us over on Reddit. You can find the subreddit for this podcast over at our sexual craftsmanship. And I would really love to hear from you there. I would love to hear what you think about this concept of experiential versus instrumental interest and how you believe this can apply in your own life. What actions might you take following listening to this episode today. And I also take requests for episodes. So if there's something you'd like me to speak a bit more about or to go more in depth, please come on over and join the conversation. And do remember that on November 17th at 1 p.m. Eastern time, you can join me for a free masterclass on the secret of quiet seduction. The link to sign up is in the show notes. And this concept of experiential and instrumental interest in sex is definitely present in what you'll be learning there. All right, craftsmen, uh, I hope to see some of you at the masterclass. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend about it. Also, remember to subscribe or follow this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you took a lot of value away from today's episode please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts from everything I am told. It helps this podcast to be found, and it will warm the cockles of my heart as we go into this cold and dark winter. (laughs) And either way, I will catch you right back here next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to jump right into the sexual craftsmanship process, head on over to sexualcraftsmanship.com backslash friendzone and download your free guide to avoiding the friendzone for good, including five exact scripts you can use today.